Jesus died and uh, when he died, everybody was devastated. Everybody was wondering, you know, we, we had expectation that was uh, uh, from the disciples' side. Uh, but then, you know, uh, Jesus came back, appeared to them. He says, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. And then he laid out his mission. Of course, he, he talked about his mission throughout his ministry. But somehow, you know, when, when we are living in our own little world, and then somebody talks about the whole wide world, sometimes it's very difficult to catch that. We always try to interpret things according to our horizon. And that was the problem of the disciples. And I think it's still a problem that we all have today in our world. I think that's why this word today is very important for all of us to listen to. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared over a period of 40 days, okay? That was not just uh, a passing by, but that was, you know, very thorough. 40 days more, is more than a month. And, uh, you know, during that time, Jesus was taking time to lay out his uh, plans for the future. He, he gave them the mission for their lives. He was explaining what God was going to do amongst them, how God would be able to uh, build the kingdom of God. And the Bible very clearly says he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So, in other words, if you hear a message for 40 days, you're supposed to capture it, isn't it? You're supposed to get the sense of, uh, of that uh, message. And uh, when the disciples listened to that, of course they were happy Jesus was alive, Jesus was with them, Jesus came to encourage them and, and give them uh, direction in life. But somehow, they did not fully capture. They did not fully understand what Jesus was talking about. So the, 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 the Bible says on one occasion, that was one of the days of the 40 days, okay? On one occasion, uh, while he was eating with them, that's wonderful, okay? Jesus was sitting down, having lunch or supper with them. And uh, during that time as he was eating with them, he gave them this command, he said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this was a lesson for one day. Okay, and then the Bible says, so when they met together another time, at the other time I put myself, but you can see there was a, there was a, a, a period of time in between. So, you know, whatever Jesus had said went through their mind and they were trying to uh, put the, the words of Jesus into their experience, you know, in what they knew about the world, what they knew about uh, their surrounding. And that, of course, was Israel. And so the next time Jesus came again, they asked him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Interestingly, they didn't ask him about the many things I thought they should have asked. Okay? Maybe they should have asked, what does it mean, the gift of the Father? What does it mean to speak, uh, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be, to be uh, you know, uh, endowed from above? I could imagine that these are the questions they should have, they should have asked Jesus about uh, in more details. But something else was on their minds. Okay, and that shows to us that these were people who had come out of a tradition, you know, the tradition of the people of Israel. 
You know, they were looking back to uh, the early days of Israel, from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then eventually when they were uh, the kingdom, when there was Saul, when there was David, especially David, you know, the king of Israel, who had been able to bring the whole of Israel together, and that was a glorious time. Then Solomon, and of course then it became a little bit less, uh, less uh, famous because the, the kingdom of Israel was breaking apart from, to the north and to the south. But nevertheless, you know, they were dreaming of a kingdom like under David or under Solomon. And this was the question they had. Okay, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Okay? Now you can see that their level of understanding and uh, the vision that God gave them were completely on a different scale. Okay? I, I want to show you. Okay? Because Jesus said, then, you know, this is not, nothing to discuss uh, about with you. Because this is up to the Father. Let, let the Father decide when this is going to happen. But, and then, you know, we see the, the mission and the vision of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said to them, but you will receive power. In other words, he completely changes the subject. You understand? He doesn't talk about restoring the kingdom to Israel because that was not the issue. The issue is that God is building an eternal kingdom and he's preparing his disciples for this eternal kingdom. Okay? And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So he's repeating his earlier words uh, that he taught them uh, in one of the 40 days earlier on. And he tells them, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in other words, there's a correction here, okay? He says, don't worry about Israel. Israel is not my subject now because I've come for greater things. In fact, they should have even remembered that in Scripture, in the book of Genesis chapter 12, uh, verse uh, 3, 4, and 5, you know, God had given a very powerful uh, promise to Abraham. Okay? God said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, that had not happened in the whole of the history of the people of Israel up to that point. Okay? So, that was now to happen when God said to Abraham, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So, in other words, Jesus says, you know, you need to think on a higher plane, on a higher level. You must not just think about Israel. Israel was just, you know, a localized kingdom. But I have a worldwide kingdom that I'm building. So you must not be stuck with a localized vision, but you must have an eternal, you know, a worldwide vision as I want to, you to, to catch. And then Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Okay, where you are, that's, that's where where you are at the moment, but then you go on to, uh, Judea, to, to, to Judea. Judea is the land around Jerusalem, still uh, filled with people of the Jewish origin. But then you go off to Samaria, which are mixed people. You know, they're no longer just pure Jews. They are people who are mixed between Jews and Gentiles. 
And then he says, go to the end of the world. So in other words, God says, forget about your vision, your localized vision. Forget about Israel for now. Okay? God will do this at his own time. That is not for you to worry about because now you have been recruited into the eternal kingdom. You are the ambassadors. You are the apostles of the kingdom that I'm going to build. Okay? So don't get stuck with your old traditional mindset, with your own, uh, you know, localized understanding, but you must see further than what you're doing now. And you see, these were the last words of Jesus because the Bible says, and after he had said this, he was taken up before the very eyes and a cloud hit him from their sight. So in other words, Jesus was never answering the issue of when the kingdom would be restored to Israel because that was not the issue. The issue for which Jesus came into this world was to bring salvation to all of mankind, not just a few of us, but everyone, okay? And the mission now was that the very people who came from the nation of Israel, the very, you know, first disciples and then apostles who were now sent out into all the world in order to preach the gospel. So in other words, that promise of, Ab of God to Abraham was to become through, okay? That every nation would be blessed through Abraham's seeds, okay? Now that... They had not on their horizon. They didn't understand this. But God wanted them to understand it. And Jesus made it very clear that this was their mission. So they needed to, you know, lift up their understanding, their perception, their, their vision from their localized view to a greater view that is a worldwide view. Because the kingdom of God is not just in a country. The, the, the kingdom of God is in every country. Okay. God builds his, his, his uh, country all over the world. And I think this is what we must understand. Now, the, the problem that the, the disciples had is still with us today. You know, we expect salvation from the wrong source. Okay? I, I want to remind you, you know, this is election time. And I'm not going to tell you who you're supposed to vote for. But I'm just trying to tell you what is important and what we need to recognize and understand. You know, let me talk about United States of America. I think most of us, we have seen what was happening there. And a lot of Christians made up their mind that they would uh, support one candidate who unfortunately lost. Unfortunately. I'm not deciding that, okay? So that's up to you or up to them. Okay, so that candidate lost. Now uh, they have a problem because they don't want to accept that that verdict of the election, okay? Now, whether you like elections or not, whether you like democracy or not, that's another question, you know? Thank God, God has given us an ability to participate in, uh, the, uh, in, in having a say in our nation through elections, and that's a good thing, okay? But then we must understand, you know, there are people who are looking for a certain government for a certain rulership because they feel when that government is in power, then we are going to thrive. Then the, the, the church of the Lord is, is going forward. And let me tell you, that is a wrong perception because God's kingdom will survive in any 
under any government, under any jurisdiction. You know, there was a country, a small country in Europe called Albania. I'm not sure whether many of you are aware of it or have heard of it. Albania was a country that called itself Antichrist. So anything of religious background, you know, was, was eradicated. You couldn't even call your child Mary, okay, because that was perceived to have a religious uh, overtone, okay? So for so many years, that country was completely closed. It was impossible for, for the, for, 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 you know, people go in and preach the gospel or anything like that. It was completely illegal. And, uh, you know, anybody who would do anything according uh, to scripture or the word of God or even religion in general was completely uh, persecuted. But then, you know, the time came when this thing crumbled. And today, in this country, there is more gospel <laughs> than you can imagine uh, when the country has been tried to be dried up. And, you know, even during the time when they were trying to uh, withstand the, the gospel, the church was growing. You see, it's not possible. No jurisdiction, no power, no government can ever stop the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? It's a well-known fact that, uh, you know, in the country that we so much talk about, that is China, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a, a risk now to talk about China, but never mind. You know, China has been persecuting the church for many years. Sometimes it was a little bit more open, sometimes it closed up again, you know. But the church in China is alive and well. It is flourishing, it is strong, okay. And it is impossible, it is impossible for even a powerful government which controls everything in that country to stop the influence of the Holy Spirit, to stop the, the work of God to continue. So, you know, what I'm trying to tell you is that whether there is this government or the other government, yes, maybe things would be easier or more difficult, but as for the gospel, it doesn't make a difference because the gospel will flourish in every situation. Now, the Bible says we should pray for the government so that we can peaceably live our life, and that we should do, okay? Now, not in every government, not in every nation, that is possible because many nations are authoritarian. Uh, some are really clumping down on, our, on, on the face of, of, of the people, but that does not stop the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we must understand you know, our localized understanding or our localized vision, just like the disciples were just thinking about the kingdom of Israel. When are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said, that's not my problem now. I've got a different mission. And you have a good, different mission. So he was able to build that vision for the, 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 the disciples and says, you know, you have to go and preach the gospel in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And you know, that's, that's our, our country. So we must understand every one of us lives in two different kingdoms. Okay? We live in the kingdom of this world, you know, in a, in a nation. And uh, in our case, this is Zambia. And thank God for Zambia. Okay? But at the same time, we also live in the kingdom of God. 
And we must understand what each country is, or what each kingdom is responsible for. Okay? So Jesus made it very clear that he didn't come to compete with local authorities. But he had a different mission. Let me just read this scripture for you in the book of John chapter 18 verse 33. You know, this was when Jesus was uh, sitting in judgment under Pilate. And Pilate went back inside the palace and summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Okay, so Pilate, of course, also had a wrong understanding. He thought, if this, if this man is a king of the Jews, then, you know, I better do away with him because he is challenging my authority, you know, or the Romans' authority. And uh, Jesus answered, is that your own idea? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, now this is very important. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of these worlds. Okay? Pilate was asking, are you a king? And of course, Jesus was, you know, uh, giving consent to that. Yes, of course, I'm a king. But my kingdom is not of these worlds. Okay? So in other words, we are not uh, clashing here, you know, between the Romans and my kingdom because these are on two different planes, on two different levels. Okay? My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest from, for, by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You're a king then, Pilate, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. Of course, uh, Pilate got puzzled and said, what is truth? Okay, and a lot of people are still asking that question today. But Jesus was agreeing, yes, I'm a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. So in other words, I'm not clashing with the jurisdiction of this world. In fact, you know, if you read in different scriptures, and I'm coming to that later, you know, in fact, Jesus is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. And all jurisdictions are operating under his permission, under his authority. We must really understand this. So Jesus represents the eternal kingdom of heaven. The mission of Jesus was to provide salvation to people under all jurisdictions in any country, all right? Not just, you know, try to take over uh, the, the rulership of, of Israel. That was not his, his mission at all. So Jesus is representing an eternal kingdom. And you know, when, when the disciples were asking Jesus, teach us to pray, you can actually see that this is what Jesus is, you know, emphasizing. We can just read for a moment from Matthew chapter 6, 9, and 10. You know, Matthew chapter 6, 9, and 10. So that you see, you know, how Jesus is relating to the heavenly calling, to the heavenly kingdom. Okay, and Jesus said, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Okay, your kingdom come. So which kingdom? The kingdom of Almighty God. Okay, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, Jesus was always fully aware of the kingdom that he came from and that kingdom that he was building. And you know, when, when Jesus appeared to the, to the disciples through the 40 days before his uh, departure, he was talking to them about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God clearly, he says, is not of these worlds. It's a kingdom that penetrates through every sphere, through every uh, jurisdiction. And that's what we must understand. You know, sometimes you hear that people are uh, leaving the pulpit and they're saying, I want to go into politics so that we can establish a Christian nation, a, a Christian administration. Let me tell you, that is a fallacy. There will never be such a thing like a Christian administration. Okay, even if we call ourselves Christians, and you know, we do call ourselves a Christian nation, but I want to ask you, how much Christian values have we really put into reality? Okay, a lot of stuff is not Christian whatsoever. Okay, a lot of things are happening underground. A lot of corruption is still going on, despite we calling ourselves a Christian nation. If we were really a Christian nation and we would live like, you know, the people of God, then the world would look different in this place. Am I right? Okay, so never expect any administration to bring heaven on us. It will not happen. What we must otherwise concentrate on is that we pray, you know, that he is going to establish his rulership in our own lives, okay? Your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how does the will of God get done on earth? It only gets done in human beings, isn't it? You know, you cannot say, let the, let the will of God be done in the, in the desert of Sahara, you know? So... <laughs> There are no human beings, or very few human beings there. But they let the will of God be done on earth. That means through the people, God has the ability to rule in or to rule through. Okay? And, and that is the prayer that we ought to pray. When Jesus uh, responded to that question, teach us to pray. This is what he told him. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. As it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. Okay? That's the kingdom of God. So the interest of Jesus is of eternal dimensions because his plan is from eternity past. Even before the foundation of the world, God had a plan and he's bringing that plan into being. Okay? He's bringing that plan into reality. His aim was and still is to penetrate the whole world with his love and with salvation. And of course, we thank God for uh, many, many good things that have happened over the past 20, 30 years. You know, many, many good things that we see, you know, like we have uh, uh, a lot of Christian programs on television, a lot of Christian music, 
you know, all this may be nice and good. So there is a penetration going on. But you see, we need to really bring people from their way of sin into the way of life. And that's not so easy. Okay, Jesus said, you must teach them to be, obey everything that I've told you. And you know, that is the challenge. You know, to, to, to go to a Christian meeting is one thing, but to live in the spirit of the Lord, to live out the, the values of God is a different thing altogether. And that's why just a statement, making a statement is not sufficient. It needs more than that. So as I said, the gospel does not need specific environments. What he needs is just human beings who are willing to let God rule in their lives. Okay? Governments don't matter. Okay, I'm not saying they don't matter. They matter because, you know, they make our life either easy or difficult. But as far as the gospel is concerned, it doesn't really make a difference, you know. Even if there is an anti-Christian government, the church cannot be stopped. Albania is a good example of that. Many of the countries on the earth which have, you know, tried everything possible to persecute the church and the, 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 the witness of God have failed. And many times, you know, the, the, the time of that ruler comes to an end and another one comes and everything turns around. Because only Jesus is forever. Okay, the rulers of this world are going. But our Lord is still coming. Amen. Our Lord is on the throne. That's one, what, what one of our presidents in Germany has been saying. Uh, who was a devout uh, child of God. Okay, that's amazing. So it may be difficult or even dangerous to live in certain jurisdictions, certain nations, but it doesn't stop the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we must never forget. So his kingdom is for all nations, not just for one. Okay? Jesus said it very clearly in the book of uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 and to 20. You know, this is the great commission. And he says to his disciple, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay? So Jesus always had authority in the heavens, but he has also got authority on us. Because he defeated the God of this world, which was Satan, the devil. Okay? And that's why he said, all authority has been given to me. On earth, in heaven, on, on earth. Uh, and therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Of all nations. Are you with me? You know, what does it help us if uh, one nation will establish uh, the kingdom of God on earth? If that were possible, of course it's not. But some people still think they can. Okay. That's why there is so much tension in the United States of America because some people are feeling, you know, we need to have a Christian government. What kind of Christian brand that's supposed to be, I don't know because the, the guy they wanted is a greater liar than everybody else. Okay, what kind of a Christianity are we looking for then? So, but even if they should manage to make this nation a Christian nation, what does it help us? Because we are on another continent far away. So that's not the answer. No, the answer is very clear uh, in the book of Psalms, chapter 2, 
Let us just read from Psalms chapter 2, verse 6 to 9. Okay, very, very uh, powerful. God says, I've installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. You know, that is Jesus. I've installed my king. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Praise God. Ask of me. Okay, the father says to the son, ask of me. And I will make the nations your inheritance. Okay, not the nation, but the nations. Okay, that is not singular, but plural. Not Israel alone, but all nations. Okay, and that is already in Psalms chapter 2. Okay, so ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule with them you will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them like pieces of pottery. So in other words, what, what God is saying is, those who are submitting to the gospel, they will rule with him. Those who are in his way, they will be crushed along the way. Okay? But the fact is that Christ is going to rule all the nations. God the Father said, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. And let me tell you, all nations are the inheritance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not just one. Okay? Let us not, uh, you know, fool ourselves. We are a Christian nation. Actually, no, that is, that is uh, thinking too, too narrow. Okay? Because all nations are under the authority of Jesus Christ. All nations. Even those who have got jurisdictions where the gospel is being hindered or supposedly to be hindered because really the gospel cannot be hindered. In fact, uh, many, many times the gospel is even moving faster and more vigorous when it is more difficult. You know, because when it is too easy, we fall asleep. We, we, we think, ah, everything is okay. But that is a fallacy. So all disciples of Jesus got this mandate, go into all the worlds, world, okay? Go do the, the job that God has entrusted into your hands. And of course you may say, but how do I go to the rest of the world? I've got a job to do. Well, you can go in person. You can support others. Or you can go in prayer. You know, there are many ways that we can go. You can support the work of the Lord in many different ways in order for the gospel to flourish. Okay, so no one has an excuse. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 1, we find a very interesting uh, um, word. The Bible says, cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Okay, the question is, what does that mean? You know, bread is a resource, isn't it? And... Uh, the water is the word of God. So in other words, the water is, is a picture of, of uh, the, the word of God. So in other words, what God is saying is if, if you use your resources to invest in the word of God or in the kingdom of God or in the building of the kingdom of God, you know, and then of course you cast it on the water, that means it disappears. But for after many days, you will find it again. So in other words, God is saying be generous, invest in the kingdom 
And you will see that the blessings eventually will come back to you. It will maybe not be immediately. And you should not do that because you are trying to do a deal. Okay, God, I give you this, you give me that. No, that's nonsense. Okay? You give it because you know giving is more blessed than receiving. Okay? But then when you give, God makes you receive again. Okay? Maybe not be immediately, but after some time, after many days. It will come back to you, and it will be coming back to you multiplied, as you can see in so many different scriptures. So all of us, we should be investing in the kingdom of God. Okay? Now, we are talking about two different jurisdictions, two different rulers. Okay? We are having two different kingdoms. Yes, we have our nation, Zambia. And for sure, we have a responsibility to the nation of Zambia. So we have to pay our tax, and we have to do whatever is required for us to do. You know, there are duties and there are benefits that should come to every person. And of course, you know, it's important that we do this faithfully. You know, if, if everybody in our nation would do this faithfully, this, this nation would flourish. But too many people are trying to avoid, you know, to do their service you know, in paying taxes or whatever else, and uh, enrich themselves on the back of, of their nation. And that's why we're struggling, okay? That's why our nation is struggling, okay? People have a misunderstanding of their reasons to be on earth, okay? They think they're here to, to pile up property, currency, or whatever it is. That's not the reason why we're here. The reason why we're here is to fulfill our purpose in God. Okay? And God is going to bless us when we do what he has called us to do. So as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, you know, we also have duties. And Jesus told his disciples, go and, you know, preach the good news. Baptize the people in water. You know, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's a very, very powerful Commands, okay? Not very easy to exercise. But then Jesus has said, I'll, I'll be with you. No, that's a promise. As you know, when elections happen, there are always promises from every politician that is trying to get your vote. You get a promise. And the promise is free of charge. Okay? Doesn't cost you anything. Promises are there just like that. The problem is with these promises is that after the day of election or the week after election or the months after election, they are just smoke, mist, disappeared in the air. Okay? And if you remind anybody, say, hey, okay, shut up. Now, when Jesus promises, he keeps his promise. Okay? Thank God he keeps his promise. You know, even some uh, leaders who may have given promise and tried to keep them, you know, uh, they're there, but sometimes they, they, they are there. But then, you know, for how long can they be around? That's the other question. But when Jesus gives you a promise, you know whatever happens, he will always be there. Okay? Be rain, be sunshine, be COVID, be... HIV AIDS, or be whatever, he's always there. 
He will never leave us nor forsake us. That is his promise. While the rulers of this world, they may have their five years, and then the time is up, and somebody else will come. And somebody else may come and do the whole co complete opposite from what they were aspiring. Okay, we see this all the time. We've seen dramatic transformations in countries because, you know, a new government was ushered in and things are going in a different direction, maybe better or worse, you know, depending on where, where you're looking at. But that's a reality. Okay? Not many people have got a long time to rule. Okay? I think the only long-term ruler is the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II in, in the UK. And of course, she's not really in the day-to-day -day politics. She's a, you know, a, a, a queen who is not really, who is, who is just, you know, a title ahead, so to say. But she has been there 69 years plus. That's a long time. Huh? Show me another ruler who has been ruling for that long. You won't find one. Okay? 69 years is a long, long time. But, you know, when you have ruled for 69 years and you're getting older and older, there comes a time when you're saying, oh, my time is up. Okay? Either you say it yourself or the Lord says, come, the time is up. <laughs> okay? So, in other words, whatever promise human beings can make, there is a limit. With the Lord, there is no limit. His kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is eternal. So God has provided for our defense, for our security. You know, in a, in a country, you need jurisdictions, you need ministries, you need defense and security forces and things like that. And Jesus says, I've got my own. Okay? When, when you go and preach the gospel, I will send you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. Okay? He will be your protection. He will be your power. He will be guiding you wherever you go. Isn't that powerful? You know, God's kingdom doesn't lack anything. And the good thing is we are taken care of by him, our Lord, who has given us a force of angels to be on our side. Okay, who has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, you know, to make us understand the truth and fulfill the very work of God on earth. So God's kingdom supersedes the kingdoms of these worlds. We must understand that. Okay? So let's do what is required of us as we go for voting this, this week. And please do it. If you have not registered yourself, I want to ask you why. You know? You should be judged. Okay? Because it's not right for you to take an opportunity to influence your country in one way or the other. That's, that's important, okay? So if you're not uh, registered next time, please don't miss. And if you are registered, please go for voting. If you are saying, ah, no, there is a long queue, hey, come on. You know, sometimes it's better to go and stand in a long queue uh, to vote than standing later on in a long queue and wait for food. Okay, we have, we have had that, you know. I think we have, those of you who are older, we, we, we remember those days. Okay, so let's do what is required of us. Let's do what is important. So let's understand, you know, we have a responsibility to our nation, 
But we also have a responsibility, and a greater responsibility for that matter, for to the kingdom of God. So we need to recalibrate our lives to our mission that God's call has given to us. You know, his mission does not change, even if everything around us changes. Okay? And, and of course, we have seen many things around in this world are changing. Okay? Climate change, you know, uh, wildfires. I mean, if you're just looking at international news, you can, you can shiver. Thank God we are in Zambia. I mean, we have our, had our own share of, of climate-related uh, issues. But, uh, you know, what other nations are going through right now, like Turkey, like Greece, and many other nations, is, is, is making you shiver. Many people are losing everything they've had, their house, their homes, their properties, whatever is inside, gone. They're just simply walking out with what they have on their, on their body, and that's it. So let's understand. God is calling us to make a difference in this world, to penetrate our nation with the good news, the gospel, okay? To bring people to the saving knowledge of Christ so that they can be transformed from within. You know, it's that, these kind of people who are tr transformed from within their hearts which are going to make a difference in this world. Okay? Not empty promises, but people who are really becoming servants of the Most High God. Unfortunately, I don't have much time to read a lot of the scriptures, so please read the scriptures on the bulletin because all of them, they are related to that very subject. Now, Jesus says to his disciples, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So this is our calling. Let's never forget that calling. We are part of God's kingdom, and God's kingdom has given us responsibility. And the responsibility is laid out very clearly through these words Jesus has given to us. Okay? God loves this world. He doesn't love you alone. He doesn't only love the few of us here, but he loves the world. And we have got the responsibility to penetrate this world with the good news, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So remember, Jesus has given us a promise and he will not break that promise. I will be with you. You know, I will be in your midst where two or three are gathered in my name. You know, I'll send the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. You know, these promises are true. And that explains why nobody could ever eradicate the kingdom of God. Okay? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's a supernatural kingdom. And that kingdom has been thriving even in the darkest days of this world. Even in the darkest countries, you know, it still thrives. And so let us do the responsibility, you know, let us fulfill the responsibility that God has given to us. So, yes, we must not forget 
our responsibilities to our nation, you know, that he's given us uh, a home, you know, that has given us life, that has given us a, a room to, 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 to grow in, that has given us education and many other things. So we have a responsibility. So you have to pay your taxes, you have to vote, and you have to support this country wherever you can. Okay, but don't forget, you, don't, you also have equally a responsibility to the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is forever. The, the kingdoms of this world, they will cease. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 21, the Bible says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told from you from the beginning? Have you not understand, understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Very interesting, isn't it? Some people thought the earth was flat, but the Bible always says upon the circle of the earth. So in other words, the Bible recognizes that the earth is round, okay? It's a, it's a planet. And its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. Praise God, God has given us a canopy, this atmosphere in which we can live. Because if you go out of the atmosphere, you can't survive, okay? Unless in a spaceship for a short time, okay? But then you have to come back. Because out there, it's not possible for you and for me to live. Okay? Verse 23, he brings princes to naught, and he reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. Okay? Apostle Paul says, if the rulers of this world had understood who Jesus is, they would have uh, not crucified him. You understand? So yes, there are rulers, and they are also under the authority of God. In fact, the Bible says all authority comes from God, according to Romans chapter 13. So in other words, he is the king of kings, he is the lord of lords. So let us do what is required of us to do to our nation, and I think, especially this week, you know, as you are going to cast your vote, let us pay for, pray for peace. Let us do the best that we can in order to sustain our situation before the elections, during the elections, and after the elections. And you know, the biggest danger is after election when results are being announced because some people will never be happy. Okay? It's always like that. Am I right? Okay, not everybody can win, and because not everybody can win, a lot of people will be very unhappy. But let us not forget about our higher calling in God, our eternal calling that we have in order to make the kingdom of God go forward. So God reminds us today about our responsibility to build his kingdom. Okay. And you know, whatever we build in the kingdom of God, when we find somebody who comes from darkness into light and we bring him into the, into the presence of Christ and he stays there, then we have built something for eternity. Because every life counts and God is building his kingdom with living stones people who come out of darkness into his wonderful light.
So the kingdom of God is a very gentle kingdom, just like Christ himself is gentle. You know, you have heard that Jesus says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, that's what the rulers of this world want. They want us to serve them. Okay? That's the system. Jesus makes it very clear. That's the system. But the kingdom of God is different because the greatest are the servants of all. Jesus himself has been the greatest and he has humbled himself even to the death on the cross. And praise God. That's why the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 2, that's why God raised him above all other names so that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen? So the eternal plans of God must come to its fulfillment. You know, as you have heard in the different scriptures, every time, now and then, there is a, there is a, a reference to the foundation of the world or before the foundation of the world because the plans of God are eternal. The plans of God have been thrown up before the world was established. In fact, the world, as, as we see it today, is just part of the plans of God. Okay? This earthly universe is a universe in which we are meant to prove ourselves that we are servants of the living God. So God's plans must come to its fulfillment. And of course, they must come into it, to its fulfillment, first of all, in our own lives. If they become a reality in our own life, then we can expect that they will also come become fulfilled in the people around us, in the people who God loves. So, brothers and sisters, let's do our part. Okay, let's understand our mission. Let's have clarity of what our role is in this world. Okay? The kingdom of God is always superseding every other kingdom. And that's why we must not forget to be clear about our role in God's kingdom. Okay, remember the disciples, they were confused. They said, when, when are you going to establish the kingdom to Israel? And today, we still have these problems in so many countries. When are we going to get a, a godly ruler? When are we getting a Christian government? Let me tell you, even if you have one man who is a Christian, it doesn't mean that things will now function forever and ever according to the will of God. You, you look around, there are some Christians in power, and yet there are problems in these nations. Okay, don't expect things that cannot be expected. What you should expect is that God's kingdom will be built and it will rise. And Jesus said, I will build my church. You know, he has established people in the church, you know, leaders in the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. You know, he has done that. Just like for, in a short time from now, you will see different ministers being appointed. God has appointed his own leaders, okay? And they're not, they not clashing. They're not in conflict with each other. It's a different jurisdiction. Pilate was worried, are you a king? Okay, because if you are a king, then maybe my role, you know, I have to defend. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, so don't worry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not after your job. Okay? If it was like that, you know, my, my, my disciples could have fought. 
But they didn't need to fight because my kingdom is not of these worlds. I'm building my kingdom, which is an eternal kingdom. And it will flourish and it will complete its mission. And we must understand that we have been called into that very mission of Christ. Okay? So let's be clear. Okay? Let's not lose sight of what our call is. And so we must maintain the clarity of God's plan, the clarity of our call and our mission in this world. May God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much <clears throat> that you are the ruler of our lives because we have made you Lord and Savior of our lives. And Lord, I pray that through us, Lord, let the good news be heard in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our nation, in our world. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your wonderful light. <clears throat> and because we are light, because we are the salt of the earth, Lord, let us have a good influence. Even during this week, when Zambia goes for elections. Lord Jesus, we pray for your peace to prevail in this week before elections, during elections, and especially after elections. So, Lord Jesus, we pray that may your kingdom come. May your will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be done in Zambia. Let it be done in every polling station, in every, in every corner of this country. We pray in Jesus' name. To you be the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. 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 God bless you.